Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I am Bree today, and I am solo, but I am so excited. I have author Catherine Garbera. We literally could have just chatted for like 30 minutes without hitting record, so I figured let's get started. (laughs) Catherine, welcome back. I'm so excited that you're here. Tell me how 2023 has treated you so far. You know, it's been pretty good. We've had a, we were sick a few times and we had a lot of family visiting over the holidays. So it's kind of been slow getting back to the routine, but I'm very excited because I started a new book um, the first week of the year. So that's always a lot of fun to get in and, you know, have something new, a new project to start in January. Congratulations on your An Image Project series with Harlequin Desire. Can you share with our listeners an elevator pitch for this fantastic series? I can actually, elevator pitches are not my strong suit. So I've, I've worked on one. It's probably going to sound, it's probably going to sound silly, but here it goes. Um, three former bad girls revert, revamp their reputations and start a business using those skills to help others. The business has grown and they are now the most sought after image doctors in Chicago. Their latest clients are all super hot, so keeping their business and personal life separate is a challenge. Can facing the past and making over the present give them the future they all want but aren't sure they deserve? Love it. You did great. (laughs) Bree, it took me a long time to come up with that. (laughs) It's like you can write the book. You can write all three books in this series, but come come down to like having to talk about it, like describe it. It's like, oh. I was telling you before we hit record, like I loved, okay, first of all, like I loved this series. Like I love when I read, especially a series where it's fun and sexy. Like it had, like you give us a lot of scenes with the three heroines together. And to me, that just made me feel kind of like sex in the city-ish moments. And it just is such a memorable series. I mean, all the romances definitely stand out. They like are just unforgettable romances, but I really loved how fun it was, that fun feeling you get when you're reading like three ride or die friends. So like, do you just feel like you're, you're, we talked a little bit about this, but I would love for you to share it here. Like, do you feel like your writing has evolved over time? Like, how do you feel like this writing era is for you? Yes. Oh, that's a great question. I really do feel like my writing has evolved. Um, I think I mentioned to you, I was 26 when I uh, sold my first book. So as as mature as I felt like I was, there was still a lot of uh, emotional growth that would happen over the course of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, a few years later, uh, I feel like I'm finally, finally feeling comfortable with the things that are resonate with me as a person and bringing that into my writing because I'm, you know, obviously I've spent all the 25 years I've been writing, developing the craft and the skill, you know, like I know how to write a book and I know how to deliver what desire wants. And so now I'm putting some things that are more uniquely Kathy and female friendships are like kind of at the heart of who I am. I, I am one of three sisters and we grew up not in a neighborhood, but out on a in a citrus grove. So it was always the three of us. And so those strong female bonds have kind of followed me through my life. Even my friendships as an adult always end up in, I always end up in a three, three way friendship with women. And I, I find that we all bring like unique strengths to that. And we, we all, no matter how different we are, have each other's back. So I kind of wanted to bring some of that to my, um, my heroines in the image project. You definitely did. Oh, gosh. Okay. How did the idea for this series come to you? Because it is really unique. Gosh, it was a couple of things. One was I was on a, a Harlequin call with the editors and someone said they wanted to see a reverse Cinderella, which 
as even as I say this, I know this isn't exactly reverse Cinderella, but to me, Cinderella is kind of like makeover a little bit. She gets the dress and she changes her life by getting the makeover. So I was like, oh, okay. So a guy gets the makeover. And then I was walking on my treadmill and that IDGAF song by Dua Lipa was on. Uh-huh. And, I was, <laughs> and I was like, Dua Lipa is named in one of the books. She is. I, <laughs> oh my God. I love her. But that song has just got like so much fun energy. And immediately a little bit the character that would become Delaney like kind of walked through my head where because she like kind of walked into the room and said I we have to call our company I don't give a fuck and I'm sorry I don't know if you can say the f word absolutely go ahead (laughs) um and then um and I was like oh my god that would be so fun what okay and so I have this makeover guy who needs a makeover and then the more I was kind of I'm not a big exerciser but the more I was on my treadmill just I just walk um the more it started like, oh, well, what if he needed a makeover, not just for like physically, but also if it was someone from his past, because I felt like they both would need to have a makeover to make a really good, strong story. Yes. So yeah, just started playing around with those different things um, until the, the story kind of evolved into what it is. But I, I knew I didn't want it to be the same thing if they were all in brand imaging and they were they couldn't all be mean girls. There had to be other ways that they had bad reputation. So then it was like Delaney as the dish soap heiress where she's like, <laughs> you know, like she knows like, and also the way they look at their bad reputation, like Olive hates that she hates who she was and she was legitimately mean. But Delaney is like, well, if, the, if everybody thinks I'm mean and they're going to watch me for doing this stuff, it gave her freedom to kind of do whatever she wanted because they were going to report on her. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So, so it's just like kind of like a fun jumping off point for the stories. Um, but so yeah. it was Delaney that like came to you first. It was Delaney. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. She's so gangster. <laughs> I loved Delaney. <laughs> Delaney didn't give a fuck, listeners. Okay. <laughs> Love her. Oh my gosh. No, she doesn't. And she's like such a fun character. She just like, like every book she showed, every scene she showed up in, it was just like, oh, I couldn't wait to read her story. Um, and then, yeah, she was, she's just so much fun. <laughs> Well, book one is Billionaire Makeover, and it's the romance between reformed mean girl Olive and now billionaire Dante, whom unbeknownst to her is someone she humiliated back in college. So tell us about writing the setup for these two. I knew that I wanted to have a physical makeover and then kind of like a internal makeover for her. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's been trying to make amends, but she's also kind of been hiding behind like doing nice things. but feeling like she has to be like a nice girl kind of I don't know if you ever read Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants but in I think it's the second or third one where Carmen is like always being nice Carmen or I don't if you if you didn't read this it won't make mm-hmm. any sense but I wanted the heroine to kind of feel like she's not being herself and so the more she starts to fall in love and she starts being herself she feels like oh finally I'm getting past this mean thing I did. And at the same time, Dante knows who she is and doesn't say anything. And so it turns into like a really big, con- obviously that big black moment for the two of them because he's kept it quiet because he- then he sees how vulnerable she is and sees kind of the difference between the college girl and the woman she is today. Was it easy or difficult writing? I mean, I don't want to say hidden identity because he just realizes she doesn't recognize me. So that's kind of on her. Was it easy to do that or or difficult? It was kind of easy because I thought like, I think when you're so into yourself, like Olive was, 
I don't think you notice people. She just mm-hmm. knew someone gets me coffee. She didn't really actually ever look at him and know who he was. And so I felt like in fairness to Dante, he probably didn't need to say anything. And, um, you know, I, I did talk about it a little bit in the book, but he like legitimately struggles for a little while to think like, should I just use her? And, you know, like he hurt did. Her oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I think that I think that's realistic. I think we would be like, okay, well, wow, she doesn't even remember me, and she really made. And sometimes that's how it happens. Someone makes a big impact on our life, and they don't even know that we exist. And so I thought that was like a. I hate to use the word fun, but it was kind of a fun place to play in um, emotionally for both of them. Yeah. Uh, And there was like a scene that I thought was really, I was really happy that you put that in there because we we know that Olive has really been working on herself. Like it's really (laughs) important. She feels really bad for how she used to be, but she, we did have like a really brief moment where that mean girl kind of comes out and she immediately checked herself. So like, was that something that you were like cognizantly aware of? Like, I have to make sure that like there's that part of her that could any second come out but like to just show the reader like she is working on it like it is a process I guess yeah there is because I don't think I don't think we can just flip a switch and go okay now I'm nice to everybody yeah I think it's still you know I mean I wish we could but um no I think I think there is still a lot going on with her and I wanted to make sure that she wasn't always going to live up to her standards, but really anybody's, no one is, no one's going to be perfect all the time and do the right thing all the time. And as long as you're aware of it and you go, okay, no, I'm not going down that path. I know if I let myself, I'll be that person, that person I don't want to be. Yeah. So I, I really wanted her to be, she, cause she is, she's trying to be more self-aware and I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, Dante being unable to find the right time to come clean to Olive about who he truly is makes the book very intense. And the way the real the reveal happens is such an unforgettable unforgettable moment. Like I don't want to spoil it, but it's like when it happens, it's so cool and casual and you're like obviously this is how it would happen because it kind of I don't want to say got out of hand, like it 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 went on too too long almost, right? So right. like was this scene how you ra- originally imagined it? Like how did you originally imagine the reveal of Dante? It was, I mean, that is the scene that I had. Okay. And, I was, and so when I was writing a couple of times, they'd be like, am I really going to let that happen in front of, you know, like the way it did? And that's like kind of author trying to control it a little bit more than the characters. And it it really felt like that was how it had to happen. Um, Kind of like you said, it had gone on, you know, like he knew he had to say something and he, he could just never find the right time. Also, I think he was, I know it's not nice to say, not good to say about a hero, but I do think he was a little afraid of what the reaction would be. Yeah. So I think that was keeping him a lot, keeping it, keeping him quiet. And so, you know, then once it's out there, he has to face it and deal with the consequences. Um, and her too, they have to, you know, like they have to face it then. So yeah, yeah no, that was the way I played. I thought it would be fun because there's so much other drama going on. And this is a really big moment between the two of them, but it's kind of quiet compared to the Delaney drama. <laughs> Listeners, I mean, you have to read the book, but they are literally like trying to bail a friend out of jail. <laughs> So good. Okay, so book two. Book two is a romance between Delaney, aka the dish soap heiress, which you have to tell me where the dish soap came from, but and a single dad billionaire, Nolan. So tell us how you you said Delaney really is who came to you, but like her backstory and then her romance with Nolan, like how did all of that come to you? Tell us all the details. Well, 
her backstory when I thought I wanted so I wanted her to be wealthy and a little bit I was thinking about like um, Paris Hilton in those I Hilton knew hotel it. things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But Love I was it. like, but she's got to be more Midwestern. And I thought, you know, like they have a lot of things like, um, like the cereal. I think that may have been the Northeast, but like, like Kellogg's or Post. And so I was like, oh, what if she was like, had, you know, like some dish soap anyway. And like maybe her picture appeared on the packaging when she was born. And like, she's the latest to, uh, in her line of family. So that's where that bit com- came from. And then I, I, I'm a huge Real Housewives fan, and I think it's Tinsley Mortimer. She was arrested for going into her ex boyfriend's house in Palm Beach, and <laughs> and like so, it's like, oh my god, that is like, I mean, it's crazy. I was like, oh my god, what a great! It was just like there in my head, and I was like, oh, is there a way I can work this in? And if anybody was going to break into their ex boyfriend's house, it was definitely going to be the lady. <laughs> But it's like, she's got to have a good reason to be there. It can't just be. So yeah, that that's kind of where all, all of that came from. And then once I figured out why she, why she had broken in, then it made sense for her to kind of want to get revenge or retribution on her ex-boyfriend. And at first, she, I mean, she wants to meet Nolan to kind of use him, to definitely use him. Not yeah. Kind of. uh, but yeah, but that, that was my whole, she like that whole thing, her, she just kind of set it up herself because of how, <laughs> how she, like, she feels like, like I didn't create her. It sounds silly to say that, but she just always was fully formed in my head and so outrageous that I'm just like, oh, okay, this makes sense for you. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Delaney is like, she's she's unforgettable. <laughs> I like with her dad. It's almost like <laughs> she's so bratty. Like basically she knows it, it, it's kind of like it is kind of like an emotional, like a character wound, like this is how I get my dad to pay attention. But then it just kind of becomes fun to like piss him off because she is, she's a grown woman at this point. So it's like, eh, whatever, you know, that is the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. At this point it is just, just to piss him off. And that's, I think she takes kind of comfort in it because some of the sting has gone out of the, the relation, you know, like it doesn't, yeah, like she's I'm not, not a little girl. You can't hurt me yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh gosh. It's, it's so good. Um, okay. And then, then it makes sense. It, it does start off kind of revenge plot, but then she meets Daisy and I'm like, Oh, this revenge plot is not going to last very long because <laughs> she's adorable. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, exactly. And it, it, it was what she needed to kind of kind of change her perspective into which is also another like kind of tying into the image makeover thing she was really there for revenge but then once she starts seeing like what she could have revenge is just kind of going to be empty and yeah she's got um, she's probably gotten revenge on a million boyfriends before so this this feels different to her and I, it was kind of fun to see her realize that she wanted a family when she's always been like, I don't, you know, like kind of like, I don't need that. I'm good on my own. And she is perfectly fine on her own. But to see that warm bond and want to be a part of it, that was fun too. Yeah. And that was part of the, I think, wonderful experience of reading the books is like all the, all of the heroines are helping the heroes on their images, but in a way it is flipped too. like Olive learns her, Olive learns about herself, obviously in the in book one. And then 
And Delaney, yeah, she's like, cool gangster, whatever. And she does not realize like, maybe I do want a family, you know, like maybe I don't necessarily need to seek revenge on this ex douchebag of mine, like in that moment. And like, Oh God, talk about one liner. So when she meets Daisy, she's like, well, she says something like, why would you think it's me? And she's like, Oh, my dad told me to find the prettiest blonde woman. And that would be her. And she's like, and I saw you. And I was like, Oh gosh, Catherine. <laughs> I was like, I'm sold, Delaney. You better be sold. <laughs> I know. I just, oh, God. Yeah, Daisy, she was fun, too. Just, it, and also, I think, like, I'll, you could, like, I was thinking about how, like, one time my kids said, my teacher is this person, like, brunette or whatever. And I was looking, but, I, like, there were so many. And I realized how, like, a like, you could say something like that. And I just thought that would be fun that when Daisy got in there, she looked for the prettiest blonde woman and that she chose Delaney. There were probably millions of others, but yeah. um, well, not millions because it was a wedding. I'm numbers in me don't go really well. So hundreds And I love of that. I love when it's like, I love when it's like a, we met and I'm looking for you, but I didn't realize that I just met you and I've already met you. I was like, oh, so much happens, Catherine, in like chapter one of this book. <laughs> It's so good. Okay. So we have to talk about Nolan and Mars because I've been like, okay, we've had heroes doing all types of things across category romance. I need another, I need a hero that's trying to send people to space. Where did the inspiration for Mars and Nolan come from? Um, a little bit. I did write a series called Space Cowboys for Blaze where they were astronauts chaining on a ranch in Texas to go to Mars. <laughs> So um, I was a little bit like, ooh, uh, maybe I'll do aerospace because I want, I mean, I wanted to do something different. And all of the, like all of the billionaires, but the really wealthy men, you know, are building spaceships and trying to go to space. And so it was like, well, of course, that's kind of a rich man's endeavor right now. Um, mm -hmm. And I, so yeah, that's where I kind of started with. And then I was like, if we're going to go to Mars, and it so sounds like, you know, in the aerospace community, they talk about it a lot. Once we get there, people are going to have to live. And so yeah, it was just me wanting to do something different. And I was, I've always been really obsessed with the space program because I grew up in Florida and I saw like shuttle launches. I, I, I mean, I was very young when the Apollo missions were going on, but I definitely saw the shuttle launches and can remember them. So like a part of me like space and every once in a while, I'll try to sneak something spacey in. <laughs> All right. So let's talk book three, Paisley and Sean, Billionaire Fake Out. This had a lot it, it was a lot. Okay, so we have a fake identity reveal and an unexpected pregnancy. You know, one is trying to be told at the time that the other is revealed. It was it was insane. Tell us about Paisley and Sean. Like Paisley is like the mother hen of the group. Like every each of the three has their own identity. She is kind of the mother hen of the three. And yeah, we find out that she's pregnant and oh, she wants to tell him, but the timing is crazy. So talk about writing them. Yeah, I knew I, I knew that I wanted her story to be something like that. So I had planted, obviously, oh, I didn't plant. We see her boyfriend throughout. So you get a chance to kind of see this relationship 
kind of start, but we, I, you know, it, I don't really do many scenes with them. But um, yeah, and I knew that they had to both have a secret. I'm, I'm really big and I think relationships work best when it's 50-50. So I don't want ever to be the hero has, has all this stuff or the heroine has all this stuff. It, like in real life, we all have stuff and we all have to deal with it. So I knew if he had a secret, she had to have a big one too. And I wanted them to both be to the place where they were like, I can't continue this secret anymore. And then the, the outcome of the first one that gets revealed kind of just drives the story and makes it so that the second secret kind of can't come out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's harder to come out. Okay. How again, yet again, because this now that I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is kind of I mean, Olive and Dante in the in the was this secret hard? Um, was this one hard or easy? Like the whole acting, the whole actor <laughs> part of it. I was like Paisley, but I'm like, I don't pay attention to celebrities anymore. So that could totally happen. So how was writing the secret aspect of this one? Um I think this one was a little bit easier because really, you know, Sean comes clean right at the beginning of the book and, uh, you know, it's not something he's really keeping, he's been keeping it for so long. And uh, so that part was easy. And then the pregnancy, I feel like, I feel this just personally that if you're going to raise a child with someone, you got to really make sure you know them. And so mm-hmm. I kind of felt like Paisley was almost justified in in not speaking up sooner. You know, and um, I know as the reader, we know from the beginning that she's pregnant, but it does take her a little while before she feels like she can say anything to Sean. And, you know, I, that just felt real to me because she kind of, well, she had, she hedges, she kind of fell in love with him and he was lying to her the whole time. And so that kind of puts a little bit of doubt into her head. Like, how can I trust anything? He said, because I fell in love with him when he was lying to me. So yes, yes. You know, like, how am I going to believe that? And he, he works really hard to overcome it through the course of the story um, by having to like really strip back all of those layers that he uses to protect himself and just like show her the real man. (laughs) And it's that real question of like, do I really know you? You know, it's like, right. obviously, you, you've gotten to know the person, but like, you have been lying to me. So I'm really justified in wondering, like, do I really know you? So oh, it was so good. <laughs> it was crazy. It was so good. Okay, I have some character study questions. Which character from the series would have been a notorious ghoster in the past? I would definitely have been Olive. I'm sure that there are there are probably men who she does not even remember that she ghosted. Yeah. <laughs> so on brand. Which character would have a subscription to Harlequin Desire? I feel like it would be Paisley. Um, she just feels like the most sitting at home reading kind of gal to me. <laughs> you know, you, we never know. Um, Delaney may keep one in her purse for when she like goes to the bathroom at the club or something. <laughs> I think so. I would imagine that she probably steals one from Paisley's desk every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> Paisley's like in the middle of like describing a series and like Delaney's <laughs> able to just jump in and she's like, how would you know? And it's like, oh yeah, I've, I've been stealing them from you. <laughs> for you. <laughs> Which character would have a huge TikTok following and what would their content consist of? I feel like it might be Delaney and it would probably be her dog, Stanley. Um, Oh, he was his own character. (laughs) Yeah. I think Olive might want to, but she might be afraid that people would point out that she had been a mean girl and a bully, you know? So I think she might limit her online presence a little bit, even though she's cleaned up her image. 
Yeah. Which character has to start their day by checking their horoscope? I was thinking it probably Delaney, and then she probably texts the other two what their horoscope is too, <laughs> even though they, they might not care. <laughs> I think the only one that may care would be Paisley. Olive would just be like, okay. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> but I feel like Olive was the one, that, like when any of them had something going on, I got to give it to her. She'd be like, okay, we're packing up our things. We're coming over. We're going to be there for you. So, you know, I loved all of I loved her. I'm so glad that she was working on her stuff. (laughs) I think all those years of like not showing up for someone, it's really important for her to show up now for the people she cares about. What do you hope readers take away from reading the Image Project series? I mean, I hope that they take away that it's okay to make mistakes. And once you realize you know, like if you're hurting someone or if you're, you know, like any of secrets or anything like that, once you come clean and, you know, like you can, you can fix like redemption, I guess that you, you know, like there is, you can fix it. You're not stuck always being whatever your image was, whatever your reputation was, you can change it and, and be the person you want to be. Maybe. Did you have like a favorite moment from the series writing wise? Um, well, I think I had a couple of them. Um, one was, I really liked in the first book, I really liked um, when Dante realized who Olive was and he was like waiting for her to say, notice, realize who he was and he, she didn't. I thought that was fun because it's a little bit his ego talking. And then mm-hmm. I loved the fairy hunt in Billionaire Plan. Yes, the fairy so hunt. <laughs> And she shows up with fairy wings and everything. (laughs) Nolan just, he did not expect Delaney to like be so lovable. You know, he was just like, what? Like he just, she took him totally by surprise, I think. Yeah, she really did. And I thought that was a lot of fun too, because sometimes our public image, well, you know, because you have, you have, you're online all the time. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. but there's still things that are private to you that you more than likely don't share online. And I thought that this was a nice way to see, and especially Nolan, he knows the image and what he's seen. That's all he can know. And so seeing that behind, behind the curtain kind of personality and who she really is. Um, I think that's how he's able to fall in love with her, obviously. But I thought that was a fun kind of dichotomy between what the world sees and who she really is. Yeah, she's literally hanging out with you and your daughter laying in the grass, (laughs) catching fireflies. I loved it. Oh, that was beautiful. I'm so glad that was one of your faves. Um, So on the Harlequin site, I saw that you have an upcoming release, One Night Wager, which is book one in the Gilbert Curse series. Can you tell us about this upcoming series? And if you can tell us about One Night Wager, tell us everything you can. Well, this is a fairy tale series. Uh, It's uh, three cousins. Well, two of them are siblings and one is a cousin. And they have live in a little town called Gilbert Corners. Um, and their fate seems tied to the town. So there's this accident 10 years before the book starts. And so the town is convinced there's a curse because their grandfather closed the factory and a lot of jobs went away. And in the car accident, um, one of them is badly injured. One of them is in a, left in a coma. And one of them walks away just no damage at all. And so I thought that would be, uh, that's my, that's my setup for the fairy tale. So I've got like a Prince Charming, I've got a beast, and then I have a Sleeping Beauty. And they're trying to, a new person comes to town, my heroine in in One Night Wager, and she's there. She's, they're like, we we can't have any good industry or our town won't grow because we're cursed. And she's like, okay, you know, it's the 21st 
century or not cursed. What do I have to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, so the first, the first one is Beauty and the Beast. And so she has to take on the beast and he's like a celebrity chef um, who's known as the beast. Uh, Cause I'm like very like, Hey, look what I'm doing. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it starts with that. And as it slowly, they come back and, and break the curse. But it's really more of a like a curse. Obviously, it's not like a magical curse. It's a curse they put on themselves because, you know, like they blame themselves or they had bad energy in the town, you know, um, bad relationships more than bad energy. I, was I did this another <laughs> was this like another Catherine's on the treadmill? And this yeah. idea came to you? Like, where did this come from? Well, Yes, uh, I was on the treadmill. Okay. I've been trying to for years. I wanted to write some kind of intermingled kind of fairy tale story where there was like a, a ball and then there was an accident and then the curse kind of started and everybody had to, because they, you know, like everyone was charmed before this. And then how, how do you rebuild your life when you feel like that thing that made you different is is like a bad thing. So like having the money being like everything in the town is named after them. And that was how they grew up. And they felt they, you know, like they kind of liked it. And then it, it as everything falls apart, and they don't want to be associated with that town or that name, and they have to rebuild their lives. So yeah, a little bit that plus, I just really wanted to write fairy tales again. It felt like a long time since I'd written them. The thing about fairy tales is they never get old, right? There's always a way to like reinvent them. So I'm super excited for this. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know because they they have those things that we love. Probably if we read romance, we probably grew up liking fairy tales at some point. Um, so I feel like they resonate as a romance, as a romance reader, they resonate with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said that you were working on something earlier. Like what are you working on now? I am working on, um, the second book for Harlequin's new sexy contemporary line has yet yes! to be named. <laughs> I wanted to ask about that. Okay. Can you tell us about it? <laughs> I can what tell you a little bit about it. Um, it's kind of a like a practical witchy book with some with a kind of nerdy gamer hero. <laughs> okay, I love it. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and this is the second one. You're working on the second one for them, right? For that yeah, line. The, okay. Cool. Is it a uh, series? The, yes. They're connected. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Are you excited for this? I am excited. It was, um, gosh, I think you're going to see an, another change in my writing um, with this because it was kind of, uh, it was totally different than anything I've written before. And they're they're looking for like different types of stories. So it was a chance to explore some things that I wouldn't have, that I didn't in Desire. So yeah. Is having so written for, having written for Desire, having written for Blaze, how is this new series writing wise? Like what are some of the differences that you're you're feeling having written for both of those lines because I'm excited because I'm like it sounds kind of blazish um but I know that it's not blazish so <laughs> how does it feel I don't know tone wise or whatever it's just like how does it feel different for you um I think I think the biggest thing is um especially well for desire is taking away the wealth element and some of the soap uh, the soap opera drama and making it more um this is just my obviously just my opinion, <laughs> to, mm -hmm. um, but making it feel more like down to earth and realistic. Um, and also, it seemed like things that I wouldn't have come to a desire with, like my um, 
my heroine is into book binding and making her own journals, that kind of thing. Like I wouldn't have put that in a desire. Uh, so that is different. Sex, sex wise, it's still very, it's a very sexy read. Um, I feel like the sex scenes for me, and I think this will be different for everybody, but probably aren't as flowery. Although I don't think my sex scenes for desire leaned into flowery, but you know, like they're more, more realistic, okay. maybe, um, but still like realistic hot, like, sorry, Brie, and you can cut this out if you want to, but you know, no. how, like, in real life, uh, I mean, we want it to be realistic, but in real life, sometimes you have sex and it's not great, which yes. um, that, that's not, that's not what I mean when I say realistic sex, it's still going to be like hot and good. <laughs> it's just yeah. going to be like less of the more, more for me, pers- for my writing, more using real words as opposed to like manhood. I don't think I ever used manhood, but you know, yeah. like, you know what I'm talking Almost about. Almost feel like take that feeling of like, I'm reading about two people having sex like taking yes. that feeling out of it. I get you. I get you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm super and, stoked. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I think the other thing is that they're buying from just what I've read on online, um, but they seem like they're buying a lot of really different stories. So I think it's going to be pretty exciting as opposed to, you know, having this having the same kind of tropes being all, all the time, like six six books that have uh, billionaire dads or something like that. I think it's going to feel very, very different for those titles that they have um, each month. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with again, like having written for Blaze, Blaze had a variety too. So what do you think is going to be different this go around? I think... I think the main difference is Blaze was kind of predicated on that sexy premise. So there had to be something like that was almost like taboo or forbidden about the sexy thing and had to have like a sexy meat kind of, which I love. But I don't feel like this new line that you have to have the, it doesn't have to be like, um, oh, I thought you were a stripper. We're both naked in the same bed, you know, like, which is fine, (laughs) but but it doesn't have to be that. (laughs) Got you. Okay. So much to look forward to. Well, tell everybody where they can keep up with you online. Basically, I'm on um, Instagram and Facebook as Catherine Garbera. I'm on Twitter um, more just to retweet other things and to, um, yeah, that's basically all I do on there. But on Twitter, I'm Catherine without an E because I guess my name was too long when Twitter handles first came out. (laughs) Don't you hate it? Like when either either it's too long or somebody already took it. Right. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's like, this is me. <laughs> I know. You keep typing your name in. Surely, like, why is why is my name not available? <laughs> well, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for, like, sharing your time with me and let, letting me talk with you about this series. I just, listeners, you have to go get all three books <laughs> of the Image Project <laughs> series. It's such a fantastic read. And I believe the next book in the first, this next series, so One Night Wager, it's coming out next month, right? It is coming out next month. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about that one too. It, it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you have a, you have a Cattleman's Club book coming, right? I think I saw I you do. have a Cattleman's Club. Okay. Yes, that one, that one's a lot of fun too. Okay. So we have this series and then the Cattleman's Club. And that should, is that our, all of our 2023 releases from you? Do you I have anything also, with Thule? No, but I, I sold to uh, Harlequin Romantic Suspense. So I have a Bodyguard Most Wanted is coming out at the end of October um, oh, for a November release. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> is this your bombshell days coming out? Like I want to write romantic suspense, Catherine? It is. Yes, it's a female bodyguard. Um 
uh, yeah, it was, it, I was, I was kind of hungry for it. And I had been, I wrote like a little spec proposal. We sent it around. And um, so I was very excited to get to, I, yes, I, I miss writing romantic suspense. <laughs>